Is Russia's all-out attack finally starting to see some tiny signs of success? And what does it mean for their larger offensive strategy? I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. It's February 17th, 2023. This is your daily Ukraine update. Let's get into it. Okay, first, when we look at the control map, you can see classic uh, classic Russian tactics here. Uh, first off, is there's reports that Russian forces have captured uh, Hiryankivka, uh, which we've discussed at some length, is, is probably one of the more important points in their offensive effort, uh, simply because uh, Russian forces are going to want to be able to cross the Oskil. It's a natural defensive barrier. And even if their offensive is successful elsewhere, this natural barrier formed by the Oskil will be very, very hard to break, uh, break past. Uh, so that's why probably they are pushing in to Dvorichna simply because this seems like a viable crossing point and is more likely uh, it will give them a foothold on the western side of the Oskil, making it not as useful for uh, as a barrier to blunt the Russian offensive otherwise. So again, Taking uh, Hedian Kivka, not the same thing as crossing this key point. Uh, as we've seen earlier in the war, these rivers can form very difficult to cross natural barriers. Ukrainian forces have become very good at detecting and interdicting uh, Russian efforts to build pontoon bridges. And it, it's not necessarily... Um, the uh, Russian forces taking Hiryankivka is not indicative necessarily that they're going to break through and push into Davorichna. That said, uh, Russia really needs to find some sort of momentum in this offensive. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw forces beginning to be shifted from offensive efforts elsewhere towards Davorichna uh, simply to exploit what they may see as a as some positive momentum for their offensive. Like we talked about, um, NATO offensives can operate this way, um, but usually the majority of your combat power is already allocated to a decisive place and time, and your reserve element is deployed um, to to exploit a breakthrough like this. Uh, but it's possible that uh, Soviets have or Soviet-style tactics used by the Russians, in all likelihood, uh, have a deeper reserve element where they look for the breakthrough, and then when it happens, commit more and more, commit the lion's share of their combat forces to exploiting that breakthrough. Um, so that could be something that we see here. Uh, in other instances, right, you've got a small advance pushing um, uh, Russian forces, closing this sort of bubble here at Pereskokivka. Uh, again, this is, is probably something that is... Uh, Due to happen, you know, as we always talk about, these salients cannot persist for very long. Um, this is a fairly significant Russian advance um, in their effort to take Bakhmut, which, again, as we've talked about repeatedly, uh, should not be viewed with any symbolic weight uh, since. Russia has certainly certainly seems to view Bakhmut this way uh, as some sort of uh, 
symbol of Russia's ability to achieve something, anything on the battlefield. But in the grand scheme of things, just try to keep in mind it's not that it's it's not all that. Um, but again, their efforts to encircle it continue. Uh, the other interesting gain that we've seen them make is outside of Marinka. Um You can see here some progress, again, mostly empty fields, but as we've seen, Russia paying a huge price, trying to block by block, uh, take their take Marenka, um, and you can see they're they're trying to probably engage in some sort of flanking maneuver, but it's hard. They have this uh, obstacle here in the form of this reservoir, um, and it's just it it's again just a hard. A, they're paying a high price for some really marginal gains, um, and I think that's sort of a. It, it, this just isn't a war-winning strategy. You guys can see the area they have to cover, even just to liberate uh, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk provinces. This is this is going to take months to achieve uh, at at best, right? If assuming somehow Ukraine never counterattacks, which very unlikely, uh, this is this is just not a a strategy that's going to deliver an ultimate victory. Uh, when we look at the combat map, we can see um, that uh, it looks like reporting for offensives is, is, is not in. Um, I, I'm reluctant to say that there's a lull in ground assaults. Um, yeah, I think... I think this is more likely reflective of, of just a lack of reporting, but we can still sort of infer something about the uh, Russian operations, again, just by the volume of shelling. Um, you can see they're continuing to pound away at Volodar and basically the entirety of this eastern front with an unusually high concentration of fighting in this uh, Davorichna. Uh, you can see here, this doesn't show uh, that the eastern bank of the Oskil being flipped as of right now. But, um, you know, I think I think the control map is the more up to date on this um, war mapper who's taken a week off. By week off, I mean has to actually you know do his regular job and is going to be out of touch. Um, no notable control changes in the overall conflict map. But here's where things get sort of interesting. First, Yvingi Prigozhin, the Wagner chief, uh, describes Russia's monstrous bureaucracy as impeding the Ukraine fight. Uh, this is, again, a dig at uh, the main Russian Ministry of Defense and what is also interesting um, is that Putin at least acknowledged that uh, PMC fighters like those in the Wagner group um, are entitled to some level of social benefit. Uh, this is a huge departure. Um, Putin had been calling them contractors and employees, um, really uh, dismissing their contributions relative to uniformed members of the Russian armed forces. Though now he's indicating that they are all, in fact, soldiers themselves. Um, what's also interesting is that there's some reports that uh, Russian forces 
are sort of marshalling their air power. Um, some NATO officials think that 80% of Russia's air power remains intact. Um, and Russian forces have been attempting to disable Ukrainian air defenses in preparation for a larger strike campaign. Um, this would make sense if indeed Russian forces um, are, let's say, positioning themselves in air bases like around this area. They may try to use air support to facilitate uh, their offensive breakthrough if it happens in Davorichna. So something that at least I would be cognizant of if I was a Ukrainian commander, the possibility of an increased volume of uh, enemy air uh, sorties. And yeah, and, and there we go, as we talked about, the Prigozhin continuing to throw lots of shade at the Russian Ministry of Defense. Anyway, guys, that's all I had for today. Of course, you know it's Friday, which means that we're dropping a new Patreon video. This is all of the week's viral combat footage. I break it all down on the Patreon. It's also a way to support the channel directly without having to uh, worry about YouTube and if YouTube approves of my content i actually had a this week a daily update get demonetized which uh and age restricted which is pretty wild and i i couldn't ever really get like a straight answer from youtube as to why um so having uh, our colonel and lieutenant tier patrons uh support the channel is just tremendous tremendously helpful to me um so thank you guys thanks to my colonel and lieutenant tier patrons thanks to all my patrons and i'll see you guys later today uh when the video drops all right Cheers.